Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as also mirrored over on Rumble and Odyssey if you want a video visual form of it. However, since I said this is a podcast, it is also available like an actual podcast. Simply look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app, host, or provider, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of the big ones, so you should hopefully be able to check it out, download it, and listen to it or wherever the hell you want to, like an actual podcast. Anyways, as I said, this is a monthly podcast I do where I come on here, I really talk about whatever the hell I want to. Sometimes I have a guest on, sometimes I don't, and I do want to apologize in advance for this because uh, I will say, you know, it's my own thing here, but uh, I have been very busy this month. Uh, Channel stuff, also other stuff as well too, everything good for the most part, but it was just one of those things, it's like... I didn't even really have time to get this all recorded until the day before I am uploading it here. And also, I was kind of like, you know, with some of these here, I kind of just want to... I kind of just want to come on here by myself. Uh, So I I was going to have this be a guest episode, but I didn't reach out to any guests or anything. That's going to be something I'll aim for next month. So my apologies on there. You're going to have to deal with uh, two solo episodes in a row, but I hope you do appreciate and get some enjoyment from it at least. Uh, Either way, with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into some topics here for this. One of them here uh, is something that has been blowing up the internet here, I'd say in a good way. It is gaming-related, and it is related to a system that is quite near and dear to me, the Xbox 360. And it is that the Call of Duty games, the I'll call them legacy Call of Duty games, so we're talking about anything that was on the Xbox 360. So, uh, technically, that I mean, that would be most of them, I would say, right? Because... Technically, it has the first Call of Duty in the form of Call of Duty Classic. It has two, three, four, of course, GOAT multiplayer game right there, which is my all-time favorite multiplayer game, Call of Duty 4. Uh, what was there? World at War, Modern Warfare 2, uh, the original Modern Warfare 2, uh, not the remaster, not the, you know, new, new one or anything. Uh, Black Ops, Black Ops 2, Modern Warfare 3, and I think it got some of the, yeah, it got some of the newer ones. It got Advanced Warfare, it got Ghosts. Uh, the last one was the, <clears throat> excuse me, the hollowed out version of Black Ops 3. That was the last Call of Duty game that got released for that generation, and thank goodness. Uh, I say that because it's not an insult to Black Ops 3, but it's just, in short, Black Ops 3 on the 7th generation uh, it was not handled very well at all. I think it was sold for like $10 less, but it is missing the entire campaign. It is missing the zombies campaign on top of that. It has zombies mode, but it does not have zombies campaign. Uh, what else was there? It was uh, ported by a different team. I think it came out a month or two after Black Ops came out on the 8th generation systems and PC. And uh, it was handled by a completely different team. Uh, the game just doesn't look very good. Uh, it targets 60 frames per second. I don't even think it hits it consistently. And a lot of the DLC that came out for Black Ops 3, the 360 and PS3 versions did not get. Uh, I remember at the time I was very against it and I said, nobody buy this game. Nobody buy it. Because if you buy it, you're going to show the companies that they can continue to release Call of Duty games like this in just 
they, they can release a portion of a Call of Duty game for almost full price. Uh, and thankfully, I don't think that one sold super well but th- on 360 PS3 at least. But thankfully, uh, it seemed to... The message was received at least because that was the last Call of Duty game that the old generation got. However, uh, not talking all about Call of Duty here, even though that's the main thing, uh, but one exciting thing, which I didn't really fully know about this. Now, from what I know, the old Call of Duty games on the Xbox 360 uh, never went down. Uh, now, they have been modded to heck and back. Uh, you, you can definitely believe that. Uh, and they're not nearly as populated as they once were. Uh, so you can jump into, you know, like Call of Duty 4, for example, on the 360, uh, and you might struggle to really find matches on there. I think even the player counts on some of those games were just frozen. Like, I believe for the longest time on Call of Duty 4, uh, the player count was just stuck at, like, 4,032, and there was not 4,000 people playing on there, but it just it just stayed that way. It never updated in real time, unfortunately. And there's just been other issues on the Xbox 360 as well. Uh, I know one thing was uh, recently when I was messing around with the 360 more so, uh, browsing the marketplace on there is painful. It is painful. It's like you got to navigate over, you got to find a letter for the game. Let's say you're looking up Call of Duty Black Ops 3. You got to go to the C section. You got to go to the game. Uh, and it, you know, scrolling, easy enough. But then you actually go into Call of Duty. It takes like a minute or two to load in. And then it could give you an air screen. So then you got to go in there again. It takes a minute or two to load. It'll give you another air screen. So you got to go in again. This time it works. Then you got to find, let's say you want to download some downloadable content for it. So you got to find the DLC and you got to, you know, hit like find more. And it takes about a minute or two and usually it airs out. And then you got to hit find more again. And then takes a minute or two and usually this time it's fine, but sometimes it fails again. Uh, Then you got to hit it again. And usually third time is the charm. Sometimes it takes a fourth time. And then once you go in there, you find your downloadable content. Uh, Or even if you don't get errors, there's just nothing there. Uh, However, when you go in, you find your content, you you hit OK on there, uh, and you either purchase it or you download it. You try to do it. Takes like two minutes. Just it's a circle just going through. And then you're able to start your download. And once the download starts, um, you're able to max out your connection speed on there. So that's been fine. But the marketplace browsing was painful, which I have not tried at the time of recording this. So I should actually try that. But either way, with everything going on in the world of uh, Activision, Blizzard, and Microsoft, a quick TLDR there is that at least over in the U.S., uh, the acquisition of Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard uh, is going to be continuing on despite it attempting to be stopped legally it is going to be going on so there was some suspicion that because of that Activision tried to do a good thing here and they end up fixing up the Call of Duty games because that's all to say here the old Call of Duty games on the Xbox 360 seem to be working. Now it seems like at one point let's say mid-July or so People just started noticing, they started getting online, and I don't know exactly how the word spread of this, but people just started getting onto the Call of Duty games on the 360, and they were like, hey, the games are working, and they're working really well, because I guess, as I said, the games never went down, and yes, there is still issues with them still being modded up and everything, like, there's people who, they have modded lobbies, they're doing all of that fun stuff there that disrupts the game which I I say fun stuff kind of sarcastically there 
Uh, I've always been against public modding in that way. Um, if you're going to go online, at least do it in a private match, do it with people that you're okay with there, but don't mess it up for everyone else. Um, however, when it comes down to it, people were getting onto the Call of Duty games and they noticed that they were working again, they were working properly, and word ended up spreading, and then more and more people started getting on to the point where we ended up seeing something beautiful. I think Modern Warfare 2, there was a pretty much there was like record numbers. I, I think for sure it was Modern Warfare 3, but I also saw some real good numbers for Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops 2. But Modern Warfare 3, for example, had over 100,000 players on it concurrently. An Xbox 360 game had over 100,000 players on it. That's awesome. Uh, the Call of Duty games were the top-selling digital titles in the marketplace, and even it went as far as to see that the Xbox Series X has sold out. Because this is to answer the question, some people might be wondering, wow, are there just people in droves, like, buying up 360s or digging up 360s out of their, like, uh, out from under their bed or their closet or garage or what have you? Uh, no, thankfully, I want to say all of the Call of Duty games, if not most of them, yeah, I would say most of them, because Black Ops 3 on 360, it wouldn't be, but most of the Call of Duty games on 360 are backwards compatible on the Xbox One and the Xbox Series consoles, and of course, they're also digitally available. So you have a fantastic mix of people who are not only wanting to relive those days of like 2007 to 2012, and they're able to successfully do so, but you also have a ton of people who are going back to the old Call of Duty games for the first time ever because they never got to experience them or they never properly experienced them. And that is really awesome to see. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, now, now, I don't have like an intricate knowledge of Xbox Live structure or anything, right? I don't. But a lot of people are saying, oh, they, uh, they rebooted the server, which... I, I, I don't think that's it, no. <laughs> there is not... Xbox Live is not just running on, like, one server somewhere. It's not going to be as simple as that. I know that for sure. Uh, even uh, people were saying that the Call of Duty games themselves were fixed, and I guess I was kind of curious about that there. And I'd spoken with some folks who had seen that... Uh, th they had said before when they were doing some online stuff and such, they just saw a ton of errors when they were trying to debug... Um, but they, it seems like now again, the Call of Duty games seem to be fixed up. They seem to be working properly. And we were thinking, like most people were thinking, okay, Call of Duty games are fixed up. Like, good job, Activision. Thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Uh, and it seemed to be more for kind of like a favor to Microsoft on the surface because the PS3 side of house, unfortunately, that was not touched at all. Uh, and also when it comes to the Call of Duty games on the 360, uh, it's not like uh, anti-ban has been improved. It's not like, or not, uh, it's not like the banning system, excuse me, anti-ban would be on the modded systems, but it's not like uh, anti-cheat has been improved. Um, it's not like they've just, you know, weeded out all modders. It's not like they've released a title update. No, the games are still the same, it's just matchmaking seems to be properly working on there, which is awesome, um, because from what I know, just the online infrastructure on the 360 has just not been good for a while, which I don't really play online, but I absolutely did notice it when I was browsing the marketplace recently on the 360 and it being a painful experience. Uh, so, that's all to say, uh, Call of Duty games seem to be working fine on there. Unfortunately, as I said, PS3 side of house, nothing was updated there. However, it goes beyond Call of Duty, you see. 
because people started testing out other games because now people were nostalgic people were curious and they said you know if the call of duty games are fixed i wonder if the other games are fixed and to kind of pop the bubble here but in a really good way it wasn't a favor that activision was doing it i don't even think it was anything that activision did um it wasn't just a thing to you know appease microsoft or what have you because it doesn't seem that the call of duty games themselves were fixed it seems like matchmaking overall has been fixed if not dramatically improved uh, i'm gonna read some excerpts here from a uh, post on r slash xbox 360 over on reddit from uh big poobers is the user but they say psa it wasn't just cod servers that were fixed it is a good portion of the 360 library so starting here, me and many other people on this sub have been enjoying playing the classic COD games after the servers were fixed, but it appears that many other 360 games were fixed as well. I've seen a few posts mentioning this, and I figured I would post which games I noticed are working in. So I'm going to pull out a few here that he's just talking about. Uh, one of them, let's say, uh, Battle, excuse me, Battle Block Theater. I was able to find people playing the basketball minigame about a week ago, Doritos Crash Course. This game used to have ghost lobbies in the browser, but now functions correctly. I found one person playing about a week ago. Gears of War 1. I tried this out on Saturday and was able to find a few people on. Minecraft Xbox 360 Edition minigames. Matchmaking for minigames has been broken for a while, but seems to be working now. I've been able to find a battle game every time I have tried. I have yet to find a game of Tumble or Glide. The Orange Box, Team Fortress 2. From my personal experience, this game seems to be the most active outside of the COD games. Previously, the game, the game browser only worked occasionally. Now it works like new. I have been able to find many different lobbies every time I have tried. And uh, here, Xbox Live Indie Games. I would like to mention something about the indie games before I discuss my experience finding matches. There is a common error when launching indie games where you will be signed out and presented with a code 3 error. This can be fixed at first by launching the indie game and waiting about 3 seconds. Then sign out of your account and let the game launch to its start screen. Finally, sign back in and the game should work as they intend uh, as they used to, albeit with less or no players. Uh, so they've seemed to be able to uh get these games to work uh there was a few games they tried they said these games were previously filled with ghost lobbies but are not anymore however nobody was on each time i tried uh for several other games here gears of war 1 through 3 many people have confirmed that these games are working in the comments or other on or other reddit posts and even on twitter <clears throat> excuse me so it is likely to say well so it is likely safe to say that these games are all working again Fable 2 and 3, uh, you slash massive poops, uh, again with the poop here, but it's all good, <laughs> mentioned that orbs in Fable 2 are now working better and that the stats in Fable 3 are now working. This one was a surprising one to me. Uh, a few people in the comments mentioned that Shadowrun is now working, and there are also multiple articles mentioning this, so this game should likely work. Also, it apparently has crossplay with PC. Uh, so that's cool to see. I actually didn't know Shadowrun was still up and running. I want to say years ago, because they when they shut down games for Windows Live, I feel like they did kill the crossplay on there. So if it's still running on 360, 
I would also think it would still be running on PC, but I don't think crossplay works anymore on there. And that was just a service itself shutting down. That's not like the game itself broken or anything else. Uh, but either way, that's all to say here that it seems like in the best possible way, people were wrong about the Call of Duty games being fixed. It's like all the games were fixed on 360. Uh, I'd even spoken with another friend of mine. We were talking about this. And he noticed that on the Xbox One that he plays on, uh, like modern games, not 360 games, he noticed that matchmaking seems to be fixed for him as well, too. So I'm not particularly sure what happened over at Xbox Live HQ, but good job, team. That's awesome. Like, I, I don't know what exactly they did, but they end up fixing something. Uh, I will say the only correction has been when people say, oh, yeah, they, they fixed the server or they restarted the server, what have you, or they rebooted the server. The, I don't think this is, no, it, it's not like Xbox Live is running on one single server sitting somewhere, and it's not like turning it off and on again are gonna, it, is going to fix it here. Uh, but they certainly did do something to the service that ended up dramatically improving it um, to the point where, again, for its essentially legacy titles as well, they are now fixed up. And, and I think that's awesome to see. Um, did we think like on our bingo cards that Call of Duty on 360 being repopulated and being the top selling games and um, ha having that result in sold out Xbox Series X consoles was going to be a thing? No, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody thought that. <laughs> Amazing! I we love to see it. We really love to see it. So I wanted to uh, talk about a bit of an experience here. Uh, this was something that you know I'd had planned for several, several, several months. I think we started planning this last year, uh, and I had never been. Uh, but I ended up going to Anime Expo at the end of the month last month, and I guess at the beginning of this month. Um, it was a little bit of a vacation, because uh, I guess Anime Expo is technically this month. Uh, but for anyone who does not know, it is out in LA. It is the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, North American, like, anime type convention of its kind uh it was really cool to see i didn't do any you know like dress up or i didn't do any cosplay or anything and i really just more went for the experience there um i'd gone with my girlfriend and a few other people and again this was kind of all planned so it was kind of just a touristy thing of going there going to the uh theme parks there and all that uh i will say overall um I was impressed with it. Uh, I don't have anything like really specific that I wanted to share on here from the expo, although kind of more some general things. I'll say uh, I was shocked with how well the AC was kicking in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it. I did not feel hot in there at all, even with all the people there. Uh, to the people, uh, you know, I was expecting it to be smelly. <laughs> You hear all these things about Smash Bros. tournaments and all that, and uh, even like places like Comic-Con. I was telling a friend of mine about it, and he just started laughing. He's like, dude, I went to Comic-Con, and I know exactly what you're talking about. The stink is in like... It comes in waves, and it's like in pockets. Like you'll you'll be around a group of people, or you'll pass an area, and it just stinks. And then afterwards, it's fine. 
there was not a single smelly thing that was going on there. So uh, I don't know if they had sniff testers there because it's gotten like some people might think it's mean, but it, it's gone to the point like some of these conventions, like just like nerd gaming conventions and all that, they've gotten so bad. They've had to have sniff testers next to the security folks. And if you stink, they kind of pull you to the side. They're like, dude, you, you got it. Before you come in here, you got to fix this. Like do what you need to like take a bath take a shower put on deodorant but like right now your current stink you're not allowed in here because also the uh the, the convention places like the the expo centers and all that also complain about this as well so that's why you end up having things like there's been more of a push thankfully the last few years where it's like hey if you're gonna have a smash bros tournament please everyone can we agree to take a shower bathe wear deodorant uh because i think there's been places where they said like <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but again, it's like the Smash Bros tournaments have been known to be stinky. And there's been places where they book a tournament for a few years. And after a bit, they say, dude, we, we can't host this anymore here because the, the, or like the place that hosts out to us, you know, the expo center or whatever it is, uh, they said that it stinks. <laughs> so I, I was actually really happy that, uh, it did not stink at all. I was very surprised with that. Pleasantly surprised, very happy about it. Um, I will say there is so much stuff there. You cannot do everything. You will not do everything. You will not see everything when you're there. It is huge. There is so much. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was, I was kind of surprised. I was thinking maybe I might like see someone I recognize or something. Nope. There's just such a flood of people and it is so densely packed. Even if there's like a lot of, you know, content creators that you're familiar with or something, unless it's like pure luck or you go out of your way to meet up with them or find them, uh, you, it is entirely possible you can go there all four days and you'll be attending with other people that you know of and you will not see them at all. Um, so overall, it was it was a really cool experience. Uh, we spent most of our time in the, uh, I would say, Artist Alley, first of all, and then the Exhibition Hall, secondly. But I wasn't trying to go like any panels or anything like that. I uh, ended up getting some cool stuff there, so that was also great. Uh, but I did want to share a couple stories from that, which are, of course, not related to Anime Expo in any way. I guess um, these are just, how do I say, stories that I've just found very entertaining. <laughs> It's one of those things. It's like people have asked, like, "Oh yeah, how was this trip? How was the LA? Like, what what happened here?" I was like, "Yo, I gotta tell you about this thing here, which I, I'm gonna get into." So, uh, there was at one point, this was just I was laughing about this, right? And depending on who you are, you might laugh, or you're gonna think it's horrific, or maybe both. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we kind of had both the reactions there. I thought it was funny. She is a germaphobe, which that's very important to mention here, but she is a germaphobe, so she absolutely, like, she was horrified seeing this. Uh, but we ended up going to, you know, the theme parks that were in the area, and there was one day we ended up going to California Adventure, which is the offshoot of Disney, essentially. I didn't even know this. Like, Disney has two parks there. You enter, and there's this big, like, general disney area and then you can go to either disneyland or you go to california adventure uh my tldr of that is essentially uh the the imagineering which i forgot that was a term but that is a thing there the imagineering is off the chain it is crazy uh very clean parks as well although ironically we're going to be talking about this story here and um 
I don't care about theme parks. I really don't. I don't care about theme parks, but these were the first parks where I was like, these are awesome. And I also don't think it's physically possible to be sad at Disney. I think if you're at Disney and if you're being, if you're sad or upset or something, you need to get your butt on a ride and then you'll feel better. But what happened was, uh, no, I guess in my general experience, uh, Disneyland has the better atmosphere. California Adventure has the better rides. Um, but both are definitely worth going to. Either way, we had gone to California Adventure one day, and uh, we were waiting in line for our first ride. And over on, like, the other side of this line, they were not in line, but I end up seeing a father, and he's got his maybe four or five-year-old kid with him. And the dad is sitting on a chair over on the side. He's on his phone, and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not even faulting him for anything, right? I get it. He's a dad. He's at Disney. He's on vacation. This is work. He's tired, okay? So he just needs, like, five minutes to just relax. Like, just just scroll Twitter or Facebook or something, right? I get it. Uh, his kid is over on the side, and he's just kind of, like, walking around exploring. And his left hand, he's taking his left hand. He's kind of just, like, touching a bit of everything. He's touching the rails. He's touching all over. And my girlfriend kind of pointed this out. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's just, he's, he's just doing his own thing. <laughs> then he, he goes over to a trash can and we're just like, oh no. Cause like we both know what's going to happen. He goes to the trash can. Cause you know, he's, he's touching the rail. Then he comes up to the trash can. He starts touching the top of the trash can. And she's like, why is he touching the trash can? His dad's not even paying attention. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just let him explore. It's okay. He's touching the top of this trash can. Then he takes his arm and he puts it inside the trash can and starts fishing around in there. And at this point, my girlfriend's horrified seeing this. I'm just laughing. And she's again saying, she's like, his dad is not paying attention to this. I'm like, just, it, you know what? That's his dad's fault. Like, he, he needs to be paying attention, but I'm not going to call anything out here. After maybe a minute of this kid fishing around in the trash can, just being, you know, an, an explorative type child, he takes his left arm out of the trash, and it was only then I noticed that in his right hand, he was holding like a fun-sized bag of Doritos. He then takes his left hand, which was just freshly dipped into the trash, dunks it into the bag, and starts eating the Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> to which just to top it off again my girlfriend's just like freaking out seeing this here and, she, and i'm just i'm laughing i'm laughing at this i'm like you know it's fine because she's just trying to say no oh my god he just did this like his dad's not paying attention he just ended up eating that and uh i said you know this is you know, it's his dad's fault for not paying attention, but also, you know, it's fine. This is just how you build immunity. That's how it works, right? And she said, no, that's not how it works. And it was entertaining overall. That's all to say as well, too, because of people like that and because of the smog, I'm pretty sure that's how I got sick quite quickly. Uh, I was sick for a majority of my time I was there, and I ended up getting everyone else sick. Sorry about that. After about a week of them being around me. And from what I gather and from what I experienced, I'm pretty sure I had a sinus infection of some kind because it wasn't COVID. It wasn't a flu. It felt like a really bad cold, but it was all, it was all my sinuses. Like I had a really bad headache. I had a lot of like painful pressure. Like, you know, in my forehead, I had headaches, I had stuffiness, like 
all of that. Um, and I did recover, thankfully, uh, but it was just some kind of sinus infection that I think was probably just from a mismatch of all the germs and all the people coming into this like germ stew that is Disneyland. And you have experiences like that where it's like, you know, I'm sure something spread with that family and got sick. They, I'm sure they ended up getting sick, especially when the kid is uh, is is going fishing in the garbage there and then eating that and, you know, then hanging out with the family. So, <laughs> so there was that. Uh, the other thing was um, I had told friends about this and I, I wasn't even going to share this, but like I told some friends about this experience mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I felt like even sharing this here is because I told a friend of mine who was laughing. He was like, I've never even heard of something like this, right? So we were staying uh, we were staying over in a house. And, uh, you know, the people who were renting it out to us, they were great. Like, no issues there. I think maybe the only, funny enough, I say no issues. Then I, This just got maybe like a little bit of a pet peeve or something. Um, but there was like, including myself, five people there, right? We get there. There's like two and a half three rolls of toilet paper for everyone uh so we're like getting near the end of it and we end up contacting the people who are renting it out and they said sorry you know whatever's there is there uh once you 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 know once you use all of it you got to replenish it we're like okay like well we're not going to complain too much because this is, they, they've been really cool overall. Uh, this is like the only disagreement we have, but whatever, fine. We'll end up getting some toilet paper. Whoever stays here next, they can enjoy it. So, uh, there was only like a few days we had left and, uh, we had gone shopping several times, you know, we're getting supplies, groceries here and there, all that. And we ended up going to a marketplace there that we've been several times. So I said, you know, I'll go ahead, I'll get the toilet paper or whatever else we need. Because also, I needed medicine. Because at the time, I needed some kind of decongestant. So uh, I ended up finding the decongestant. My girlfriend was checking out some stuff. And I said, you know, you stay here. I'm going to look for the toilet paper. So I start looking. And I end up finding Pokemon-themed toilet paper, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, you know, this is like the only toilet paper I'm seeing, but there was like also another one, of course, there was also a plain one. But I start looking at it, and like, this Pokemon-themed toilet, it was like the, the packaging, the wrapping was all themed, it had all your favorite Pokemon characters on there. Uh, even the toilet paper itself had colorful Pokemon characters all over the toilet tissue. Like, it was like special limited edition toilet paper. <laughs> I, I'm sure this could have been a collectible of some kind, uh, which then you, you quite literally crap all over it. However, uh, I, I'm looking around and I said, okay, you know, it'd be funny to get this, but let me just see. So I look and I find they only have two t- kinds of toilet paper at this shop. They have regular toilet paper and they have Pokemon themed toilet paper. Uh, now, both of them were the same price. So I said, okay, I know how to shop for stuff, right? They're both the same price. Let me see the volume. They're both the same amount of rolls. They're both the same volume. So I'm like, what the hell? Okay. This this is very surprising to me because I would think that you'd either get less or you would pay more for the Pokemon-themed one. Uh, So what happened was I said, you know, let me just go ahead. I'm just going to bring the both of them. And I'm going to run these by my girlfriend here just so she doesn't think I got super excited and just bought Pokemon themed toilet paper because it was Pokemon themed. So I bring them over to her 
And she's like, oh, did you find it? I said, yeah, but I, I need to run this by you, right? Um, which one are we getting? Are we getting the, the regular one or are we getting the Pokemon one? And she looks at them, has the same question. We like, we riff off each other pretty hard. But she's like, well, which one's cheaper? I said, they're both the same price. She's like, wait, are you sure? I said, yes, I checked, double check, triple check. They are both the same price. She's like, well, which one has more? I said, they both have the same amount. She's like, okay, we're getting the Pokemon one. <laughs> so I end up putting the normal one back. We're getting the Pokemon one. And then when we meet up with everyone else, um, I, <laughs> this is also why I had to run it by my girlfriend, just so I made sure like, hey, I need to have backup just so not everyone thinks I just got excited and got like the colorful one right here. Uh, but no, essentially the same question flies where it's like I bring out the Pokemon themed toilet paper and you could tell they, they kind of just have a, a little bit of a thought that crossed their mind like, damn, we sent this guy in to get toilet paper and he gets like the Pokemon themed one. So they were thinking, you know, I overpaid for it or something. And my girlfriend backs me up and she's like, no, no, it's, it was, it was the same price as the normal one. And they're like, what about the amount? The same amount. And they're like, really? Okay. Like you're sure? Like you're sure it was the same price. And we're like, yeah, it was hard to believe, but $6.99 for the regular one, $6.99 for the Pokemon one. (laughs) And I think then It was like, okay, you know what, fine, we'll use it. We only have a few days left here. But then when we end up getting back to the place, uh, we end up opening up the uh, Pokemon-themed toilet paper to stack it, and we just get this smell that comes off it, and we're like, whoa, what what is this? Uh, To top it all off, it was, I think, like rose-scented toilet paper, which we didn't even know that was a thing either. And one of the people with us kind of reacted by saying something like, yeah, that is that is not going to be good like that. <laughs> this is definitely not something that you are supposed to be rubbing on you. <laughs> to which we kind of laughed and agreed with, but you know what? It, it, it was fine. I, I will say, though, I'll try not to be graphic, but uh, do I recommend do I recommend the Pokemon themed toilet paper as a novelty? Yes. As an actual actual usage thing, maybe not the best, because you see, the problem is uh, when you are using the restroom and then afterwards you're using toilet paper and you're probably you should be checking yourself with the toilet paper there. Typically, you're used to just, you know, like a standard white sheet. And then whatever is on there, you kind of just, you'll keep going, you'll keep using more toilet paper as needed until you're just seeing white at that point, right? It made it very confusing because essentially every time you're checking the toilet paper, you kind of also have to, you kind of have to like decrypt it and look at it in a way almost like you're reading tea leaves between all the Pokemon characters because it has like colored Pokemon characters all over the place in different colors. (laughs) Uh, I think at the end of it too, whoever ended up staying there next, they end up getting to enjoy the Pokemon toilet paper because since we had all of it and we use like one roll, like we couldn't just buy one roll. We had to buy like a pack of this and we ended up using like one, maybe two rolls at most. And I told everyone, I was like, Hey, look, when everyone's going back home, please take some of that toilet paper. I paid for it. Just, Just take any rolls home that you want to. And no one, including myself, took any rolls home because we'd all gotten so much stuff that we couldn't pack anymore. <laughs> so that was uh that's what happened with uh with LA overall. Um you know, mostly the touristy stuff there, but overall it was still a fun time. So let's see. I want to, you know, I was thinking of this 
because typically I, I tell like a game store story of some kind, but I had written this in here because I just remembered this story at one point. And I, I, I guess I really remembered it really hard. Like I really wanted to share it because I accidentally wrote it in here twice. So as opposed to a game store story, I'm going to be telling you all a, a high school technology related story. Now, I've told this story before in a separate video years and years ago, but I want to kind of do a retelling of it here. So, back when I was in high school, uh, we had a Wi-Fi network that was there, and I'm going to tell you all the story of how the Wi-Fi network ended up going down. Uh, now, don't worry, it's not like I'm going to say, oh, we hacked this, there was anything malicious or what have you. No, um, it was essentially misuse and abuse of the Wi-Fi network, uh, and I think I might know maybe... I don't think this is the reason why, even though I pointed it out, uh, but this certainly didn't help, and I feel like this was a little bit of uh, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. So, at the time, you got to realize uh, cell phones, you know, this is when feature phones were still a thing, smartphones were just starting to come out, uh, texting was still a thing you had to pay for, there were texting plans, like, you know, for another $10 a month, you get texting enabled on your line, but data was expensive, uh, smartphones were just not really as ubiquitous at that time. Uh, this was, I want to say, 2010, specifically. Uh, so what ended up happening was uh, around this time, I had ended up getting, because I, I did what many people were doing at the time. Um, I had a feature phone, uh, but I didn't have a smartphone. Uh, so I had a feature phone that I could text people on, uh, but I had a iPod Touch to pretty much do the smartphone type things and also, you know, have my media and all that stuff on there. And of course, y'all know me also, if it's if you're rocking iPod Touch 2010, it's jailbroken, right? So had a lot of fun times with it. Uh, had a lot of like third-party apps on there and all that too. So it was cool because I was just like, I was able to like browse local media on there. I was able to download other stuff on there as well too. I uh, just had a lot more freedom over the phone, which I, I know you get a lot more of it now on iOS, but at the time you had a jailbreak to get all those extra things. Either way, uh, one of my best friends, we're still friends this day, although I need to reach back out to him. We haven't talked in a minute, but um, at the time, he ended up, like, we had Wi-Fi networks in the area, and, and at the time, it's probably changed now, but at the time, we, we didn't have access to the Wi-Fi networks. Uh, you had to go to a uh, one of the, you know, authorized computers in the high school, uh, whether it was in the computer or in a computer lab or something, you had to sign in with your own ID on there. Uh, you had your own storage space on a drive, but you know, they monitored that. So there's people, they put emulators on there. Then they got busted for having emulators on there. Uh, put the halo demo, got busted for having the halo demo on there. Although it kind of came in waves. It was like once or twice a year, they would put things on. Um, or, or they would, you know, kind of do a uh, do a sweep and get rid of any like NES, SNES games, Game Boy Advance games, any of that stuff. Um, however, it, browsing the internet uh, on any of these on your account and such, uh, you also had the firewall and restrictions and all that. And of course, we knew ways of getting around it. However, uh, there was also a Wi-Fi network there, and the Wi-Fi network, of course, it was intended for uh, teachers, for staff, faculty, for uh, just anybody who actually worked at the school. So my best friend, well, one of my best friends, he ended up uh, being cool with one of the, uh, I guess, like computer techs at the high school. 
And I guess this computer tech trusted him enough that uh, my friend also, he used to bring his laptop to school. Uh, he also had, you know, he had MP4 players. He had um, smartphones as well, too. The tech guy ended up trusting him enough that he gave my friend the password. Now, it was essentially two passwords. Uh, you had to connect to the Wi-Fi network and you needed a password to connect to it. So that was the first password. Then you would need to open up a browser and you'd have to enter in a username and a password. And it was the same for all the faculty and staff. I know, I know, it, a security nightmare, right? But you have to enter two combinations of passwords. And then once you log in, you're able to get on. And it's not just that you're able to get on. It's that the school network, like the actual, like the faculty network was pretty good. It was fast. And it also did not have any firewall restrictions as well, too. I'm sure some people could see where this is going. <laughs> and trust me, it could have been a lot worse. But uh, what happened was my friend ends up getting this password combination. He puts it on his phone, I'm sure. He puts it on his laptop. So he's able to go around. He's able to browse on his laptop, do all this fun stuff. Um, it's, it's a high school, right? So what do you think happens? He, he gives it to some people. And the people he gives it to, he says, hey, um, you know, here you go, but I'm just trusting you with it. Don't give it to other people. Again, it's high school. What do you think happens? They give it to other people. And what do those people do? They give it to other people. So within a few weeks, a whole lot of people had access to the Wi-Fi. And it even happened, like, even just little stuff like this. Like, one of my other best friends, he got it from this guy. And he said, like, he told me, he was like, hey, yeah, you know, you, you should ask him for the password. Because, you know, he gave it to me. Uh, but he said that I, I can't give it out. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to be trustworthy there. So I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. It's not that I don't trust you. It's that I can't give it to you. You have to ask him about it. Uh, but I did give the password to my girlfriend because she's my girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is how passwords get out, right? <laughs> um, so what happened was at one point I was like, you know, it'd be nice to have like internet access on, on my iPod, like while I'm at school, like I could browse my social media, I could like download more music and all that stuff. So I think I just straight up asked my friend for it. And he was like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wait, I, I didn't give it to you yet. Okay, yeah, no, here you go, man. Um, this is the one this is the network you connect to. Here's the first password. When you get to the website, here's the second password. Uh, just please don't tell anyone. And I said, Awesome, I'm not gonna tell anyone. And to this day, I still have like, I'm pretty sure I still have the passwords remembered, and to this day, I, I have not given them to anyone. Uh, the closest it ever got was, I, I had it for about a week or two, the closest it, closest it ever got was actually this class I'm going to talk about. Uh, there was one time I was, you know, on, on my iPod, and there was a few people who were talking, they just asked me, like, hey, dude, do, do you have the internet? I said, yeah, I do. They're like, hey, what's the password? I said, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Just like, everyone has it. And I'm like, okay, well, then you should have the password. And he's like, well, isn't, and like, this is just an example, still not it. But he was like, isn't the password like dinosaur seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Like, isn't that the password? And I was like, well, if, I mean, if it sounds like you know it. So like, you don't need to get it from me. He's like, no, I'm just asking if that's it. I'm like, it, it sounds like you know it. Like, I told you, I can't give it out. <laughs> so um, they were able to get online. They, they, they essentially figured it out, and they were able to confirm it. Uh, however, uh, at the time, so essentially what I was doing was I, I knew that it was a thing that I really shouldn't abuse, but I did want to take advantage of it, but I also shouldn't go too crazy with it. So essentially what I did, and honest here was I was, you know, 
if I want to like look up stuff, like look up stuff on websites when I was bored in class, I would do that. Uh, I checked my social media, of course, because all that was blocked. So I was, you know, on my social media, I was doing things on there. Um, I think I was downloading, because I also had like an app where I could like download YouTube videos. So I think I downloaded some YouTube videos. And then the thing that I was excited for was, uh, this may be the worst thing I did. I have, I had a torrent client on there. Uh, and don't worry, and this is not me trying to like cover up or anything. No, this, this was honest. Um, I was not downloading like movies or TV shows or anything. If anything, I was downloading mixtapes. I was going to a mixtape site whenever there was new stuff there that I wanted to listen to. I would download the torrent for it. I'd throw it into my client and I would download it. And then I had another third-party music app on my iPod Touch that I was able to listen to everything there. So I was like, awesome. As opposed to waiting until I go home and checking all the sites and seeing all that there, I can just do this while I'm at school. This is amazing. This is great. Uh, so was doing all of that stuff. Um, I, and I didn't, I didn't push it any further because again, it's not like I was like trying to get like films or games or TV shows or anything because I was like, you know, this is not going to stay. So I shouldn't really push the limit of it, you know? I'm sure other people are doing that, though. I have no doubt. Uh, but what ended up happening was, uh, so everything was fine, you know, for about the maybe a week or two that I had it. However, at the end, I, I will never forget this. It was, it was a Friday. Now, my last class I had was an English class, and it was late Friday, it was the, the last class, you know, we're, we're all ready for the weekend. And we had some kind of project to do that day where we all had to get into groups. And so what ends up happening is I end up getting into a group with three other people. I don't remember, it's myself, I don't remember who one of the people was, but then there was two guys there. Let's call them Ryan and John. Now, Ryan had I want to say he he had like an iPod, I'm sure. Ryan had an iPod, and John said, hey, Ryan, can do, do you have internet? He said, yeah. John says, hey, can, can I see your iPod? Ryan hands it off to him. So John starts, and they, they are both, they're at the back of the class. Their backs are to the wall, so, you know, no one behind them can see what's going on. And John ends up going to a website, which... I didn't see it because, again, I was in front of them, so I couldn't see the content. Uh, but with the way they were reacting, which was essentially, he he's like, hey, what if we looked this up? And Ryan's like, no, no, stop. And he's like, kind of like doing like the nervous laughter thing. But John ends up going to some websites, and I think they had streaming video on there. And all I know is he starts looking at some videos, and he starts getting real happy, and he's laughing, and he's trying to, like, show Ryan, and Ryan's also, like, again, he's kind of like, stop, 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 just, like, kind of, like, the embarrassed laughing type thing, but he thinks it's funny, but he is wanting him to stop, um... I'm pretty sure they they were looking at some not safe for work material in the back, and it's not like it was going on the whole class period, but like John was just he he was looking at it for like two or three minutes just to I think just to make sure that he could actually do it, and then he was trying to you know make Ryan uncomfortable watching it on there, and then after a few minutes you know he closed out, and he's like okay yeah here you go thanks thanks for letting me look at that right. All I can tell you is that that happened on a Friday. We come back on Monday, the Wi-Fi's gone, <laughs> like. The, the whole the whole network is just gone it's down it's gone down completely and 
you know, all of us who had Wi-Fi access were like, oh, you know, this is this kind of be expected. But man, like that's disappointing. We can't get on there. We can't do the things that we were doing before. We can't just like browse the Internet in the middle of class. We can't do that. Although, hey, you shouldn't be doing that if you're in school. But mind you, everyone was doing it. So we're talking about this. Right. And uh, I think for like a week. It was at least a week. The Wi-Fi network was completely down. And then once it came back up, it was rebuilt. Uh, I think it had a similar name, but the old password didn't work. And even if you ended up getting the password to get on there, they had a whole new login and encryption system there. Uh, So really, it just, you know, it was the end of a good thing. Uh, We didn't have access at that point. However, at one point, you see, I was a little bit salty that I couldn't download my mixtapes in the middle of class anymore because I didn't have a smartphone. I just had an iPod, and I had to wait until, you know, after school and get home, and then I had to do it. I couldn't just do it in the middle of class. Uh, So what happens is in, in our class, it's still that same English class, right? At one point, it was either that week or the week after it came up. Um, We're talking about the Wi-Fi network, and People are just like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the Wi-Fi network went down. Like, yeah, it's just I, I, I don't know what's going on. And people then, I, they somehow like roped me into it. They asked me about it because I was always kind of known as like the tech or technical person or like the computer guy with stuff like this, right? So people would just like ask me about stuff like this in class. Um, but they, I, somehow I got involved in the conversation and I essentially said, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what happened. You should ask John what happened, though. And they're like, wait, what What did John do? And I was like, I don't know what John did. You should ask him. And he is like two rows behind me. And this dude just, he's embarrassed. His face is red. And he's just like laughing. He's like, no, I, I didn't do anything. They're like, John, what did you do? And they're like, I, he's, I, I didn't do anything. They asked me, they're like, no, what did John do? Tell us, what did John do? Because, you know, it's, of course, it's like we're like 16, 17-year-old high school students. Like we all want, uh, what is it? We're all... Uh, we're all inquisitive with our drama. And I was, you know, I kept my mouth shut. I said, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But all I can tell you is that John did something. And then the Wi-Fi network went down the next week. And they're like, wait, John, what did you do? What did you do? He said, no, I, I didn't do anything. And they're, they're asking me, they're like, what did John do? I said, I, I don't know because I didn't have the phone. All I know is that on Friday, John was at the back of the class he was looking at something real spicy, and he was giggling a whole lot, and he was hiding his screen, but he was looking at something on the Wi-Fi network, and then we came back this week, and the Wi-Fi network is down. You tell me what happened. <laughs> so I was just taking it out like that. Like, my saltiness, I was just using that to embarrass him there, because I'm like, that was like the last... Of course, I... I don't think that's truly what happened. I think that they just noticed all of a sudden they had way too many devices on there doing unsavory things. They had to rebuild the network. But it was certainly very good and coincidental timing. But (laughs) that was how I was embarrassing my classmate in the midst of that. I'm just like, you know, if you're one to look at this, this nasty stuff here in class in front of your classmates, hey, if you're going to take down the Wi-Fi network, I'm taking down your, your, your dignity with this. So that's uh, that was how maybe the Wi-Fi network ended up going down. (laughs) 
So here I want to talk about, uh, you know, because we're coming to the end, I want to talk about the games that I've been playing. Uh, so I've been a little bit all over. I did end up finishing some games here recently. Uh, let me see. I have a list that I usually run on this, but there was one in particular that I did really want to talk about. So actually, wow, in June, I end up finishing a lot of games. I end up finally finishing Persona 5 Royal, finish that on Switch. Fantastic game. Uh, great game. You're going to put a lot of time into that, but great game. Uh, Grimace's Birthday ended up finishing that. That was definitely a good one. Um, very, very surprising for anyone who did not know. It was Grimace's Birthday in June. And uh, McDonald's, they, you know, had the Grimace meal. They were doing all this promotion. But they also ended up contracting out with a company, like a little indie company, which I think is just like two people called Cruel Games, K-R-O-O-L, or Cruel Toys. One, I think it's Cruel Toys. And they ended up having them, or uh, I guess helping with, essentially licensing a old-school 90s-looking website where you can go there and play this game called Grimace's Birthday, which was made for the birthday. But it was made in GB Studio, and it was very easy to download the ROM from it. So people were having a lot of fun playing Grimace's Birthday, including myself. It was a fantastic game, so very much enjoyed it. Uh, House of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn, that is an arcade game. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we end up going to an arcade. We end up finishing that. Really good game overall, very fun. Uh, easier than I expected, but still a fun game. Necro Barista Final Pour, I end up finishing that on Switch. I loved that game. Uh, shout out to Metal Jesus Rocks and I think probably Radical Reggie. They had it in a pickups video and I decided to pick it up from there. It is essentially a visual novel in a 3D graphic novel style presentation. It's very good, very interesting. I really liked the type of humor that they had there. Uh, very much up my alley. I think I just like these coffee type games. Like, for example, Coffee Talk, absolutely love that game. But Necro Barista, incredibly good game. Although on the Switch, I will say, um, which it doesn't really matter all too much because, you know, it's visual novel, but you're kind of moving around. But yo, performance was just so awful on it. Like, you know, it's running it like I'm pretty sure the frame rate was just uncapped. So it was running it somewhere around 60 frames, but also needed to go down to 15 frames, 40 frames, 17 frames. Like it was just all over the place. Although it's not an action game, mind you, but I think they kind of just use that as a reason to not have to tweak it and really like um, really clean it up. I guess I don't know uh, to tweak the performance, clean up the performance is what I mean. Although this game I was wanting to talk to you all about. Uh, you see, I started, I barely even really touched up on this, but, uh, in short, you know, I, I got back, I got bitten with the bug of getting back into the Xbox 360 and I decided, you know what, I'm going to do up my own dream system that I've wanted for years and I've had the system and I'm finally going through the process of doing it, which was taking a Halo 4 slim system, modding it with dual NAND on there. So I have retail and I have a uh, free boot image, which is a hacked retail. And uh, so I have dual NAND capability. I end up putting a one terabyte SSD in the dual NAND side of house or the, I guess that the hacked side of the system. Uh, then been putting a bunch of my games on there. I have pretty much all the Xbox Live Arcade games that I have backed up and I put them on there. I've been ripping a bunch of games that I have there. But for the first time ever, I've been messing with trainers, which are essentially just cheats that you can turn on and off really great to play games with. And I've been revisiting some games that I never finished. So one of them was Turok. 
the 2008 one, which was the reboot. So Turok is, you know, I like the series, don't get me wrong, but I'll also acknowledge it's painfully okay. It's not like it's stellar, it's not amazing, it's not awful, it's just, it's okay, right? It, it's fun. Um, I did play uh, a good amount of the HD re-release of the first one, like Tur Turok Dinosaur Hunter, when it got remastered on uh, PC and then it got ported to Switch. That is, oh my, that is so fun to play. It is so cheesy, but so fun to play. Love playing that one. However, in 2008, Turok ended up getting a reboot. And I think technically, this is a Turok game that is owned by Disney. Uh, you can look into that as well, too. That is a whole thing. However, it came out on PC, PS3, 360. And it is dark. It is gritty. It is like... It is the worst of 2008 shooters. And by that, I mean you have a paper-thin storyline. You have this super dark, gritty military shooter with main characters who have like a one-dimensional story to them and everyone is super buff like if, if you lived through shooters during the seventh generation you know exactly what i'm talking about there where it's like every single game it seemed like tried to look like gears of war in some way um however i remember i downloaded the demo for it because i'm like yo i love turok i downloaded the demo i enjoyed the demo i think i ended up renting the game i enjoyed the game I ended up buying the game later, and I never finished it because it was so frustrating. And there's something that's stuck in the back of my head ever since 2008. Uh, there was one person I talked to online, and we, I was voicing my frustration about the game, and he said, oh man, that game is so good. It is so good. Like, you know, the here's the thing, man. You got to work through the first few levels. Like, the, the first levels, like, oh my god, it, I get it. It's so boring. It's a chore to work through. But when, oh my god, the final levels in the game, oh, it's just the game design. It It's so good. The game gets so good near the end. And I played through maybe about two-thirds of the game, but it got to the point where I got so frustrated, I stopped playing it. So I just, I rage quit the game because it's, it's not, it is a dark game. The shooting mechanics on them, on this game are not good. And I'm not great at shooters, mind you, right? But the actual shooting mechanics are just really bad on this game. They're just truly bad. On top of it, you're also dealing with tons of enemies. All these enemies are bullet sponges. And then you're also dealing with dinosaurs that are not just attacking you they are knocking you down so you are constantly getting hit from every single direction getting knocked down from every single direction as well too and it's not a good experience overall um but i said you know what that that always stuck in the back of my head and i was like you know i i want to play this game because i like the turok games i did like this game at one point i want to play it so i said you know what i'm finally gonna mess with trainers here i got a bunch of trainers learned how to mess with aurora trainers ended up having to fix some of them as well too not like i went into the code or anything but like there's just some intricacies that you have to deal with with aurora trainers which i do have a video that i'm going to be releasing at one point on that so uh, if anybody's wanting to you know mess with using trainers on aurora i got you here eventually whenever that video comes out However, I ended up playing through the game. I actually played through it all in one night because if you can slog through it, you can finish the game in like three or four hours, right? And the main thing I enabled was God Mode. And you see with, well, God Mode and I also did Infinite Ammo. And you see when you have those two enabled, you end up removing the constantly dying aspect of it. So I said, okay, you know what? 
cool. Let, let's play through this, right? And here's the thing. Some people could say, you know, cheating doesn't count and cheating ruins the game or what have you. I think it depends. Um, I, I don't have anything against using offline single player cheats to change your experience on there. I think it's completely up to you whether you want to do it or not. Because for me right now, I'm also playing Ninja Kind 2 with cheats on there. And I'll say, this game, it is a challenge. Um, it's less of a challenge, of course, with cheats on, but it is a challenge. But the game is enjoyable. The game is still fun, and I can really appreciate the game design. The difference with Turok is that when I played it, I said, you know what, I was constantly dying, so I'm going to remove that barrier. Once you remove that barrier, it's like, wow, this game is still frustrating. It's still annoying. This game is just bad. Over, like, this game is bad. And that is what I came to. And that is why I was frustrated when I finished the game. Because, you know, again, I end up finishing the game, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, you know, even with running, infinite health, infinite ammo... How did people properly play this game? Like, this game, I'm playing it on normal difficulty, which is the lowest difficulty, and still, it is difficult. I keep getting knocked over. It feels like these are impossible scenarios. The gunplay is bad on here. All the enemies are just absolute bullet sponges. Again, with me having infinite ammo on and everything, so I remember I kept running out of ammo when I was playing this game as well. And it's not like a game like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or what have you where... It is possible to get through those games, and they are punishing, but you got to learn the game. Or even like Ninja Gaiden 2, where it is challenging for sure, but that is part of the game, and that is part of the game design, and it's done well, and you have to keep trying, and you're going to fail, and you're going to die, but you're going to keep doing it. And that is why when I run a trainer with Ninja Gaiden, I'm like, okay, I, I can see how this can be super difficult, and it can be frustrating, but I could also see how they essentially let you have an out on here. But with Turok, I'm like, no, this game is just bad. This game is this game is bad. It is bad. And unfortunately, I can totally see why the series ended up dying with 2008 on here. Uh, from what I know, I did look it up. It looked like financially, it was a financial success. Enough to the point where uh, they were working on a sequel to it. And then the company ended up shuttering and the sequel never came out. I don't think this game should have come out to begin with, in all honesty. Uh, if you want to play Turok, uh, get yourself the remastered versions of Turok 1 and 2. Uh, those are great. Do not play Turok 2008. It is a very bad game. It is not representative of what Turok should be. It is a lesson in here is all the worst aspects of 7th generation first person shooters that we can put into one game. And that's what I have to say about it. But at least I'm happy that it's now finally done. 15 years later, I conquered this game. It's not good. It's not good. That's that's what I have to say. <laughs> Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute here. If you enjoyed this video or this episode or this audio file here, this podcast, um, you know, but the video itself here, if, if you're checking this out and you're checking it on any of the video streaming sites, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. However, for anybody who makes it to the end, and if you have gotten here, thank you so much, I do like to put a bit of a keyword or a key phrase here. That way, what you can do is you can listen to this, and you can leave this keyword or key phrase in a comment on the video upload, and I'll know that you've made it to the end. And if you're listening to the audio-only version of it, don't worry. Come over to the channel here, leave a comment with this keyword or key phrase, and I'll know that you've made it to the end. 
And I think for this, you know, I'm going to use the the keyword box. Do you like the Xbox? Do you dislike the Xbox? Do you prefer to ship things in a box? Are you one of those people where when you recycle boxes, you break them down or just do you just put the whole thing in the recycling area? Uh, do you hoard your Amazon boxes because you never know when you might need them to send things out? Or do you just get rid of everything? Do you burn up your boxes? Hopefully not there. Uh, but you know, use the word box in some way, uh, and I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode of Mario's Minute. Anyways, that is about it. Again, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next month.